Hi, welcome to the Refuge House broadcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact the world for Christ. So here's what you need to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. Jesus said, the Bible said, and he gave a parable to this extent that men ought to pray always and not to what? And not to faint or to give up. Then he goes further to give us the characters of this parable. You know, because Jesus was using the parable to teach on prayer. The need to pray always and never give up. You know, there's a popular saying that um, winners never quit and quitters never win. Is that not true? Yeah. Some of us, we don't know how to persevere. Once we hold on for like one week, maybe two months, we give up. We give up. We feel it's not working. No, it doesn't work like that. Even in the natural, before certain things will show, you must prove that you're committed, you believe in what you're doing, and you stick at it long enough for it to produce. Every successful venture has been the product of people who refuse to quit. They stood there, and they fought through, withstood all the challenges involved, and pressed on to victory, and they secured the victory at the end of the day. It's only in church you find a lot of believers who give up so easily. And the devil knows that very well. The parable of the sower reveals how Satan is walking around situations and circumstances to get believers to give up quickly on the word. The parable of the sower reveals that the word of God is a seed. It's compared to a seed. And for a seed to germinate, it has to be planted in the heart. Now, the planting of the word is the beginning of the process. But if that seed is going to produce, then the environment around the soil must be kept right for the seed to germinate. Is that not true? Yeah, because if the environment of the seed is unconducive, the seed will not germinate. It won't. Jesus gave three conditions of the heart. One is the wayside heart. These are the people where they hear the word of God. They are, their commitment to the word is purely cerebral, purely mind-based. The word of God is just information to them. It doesn't get to the point where that information becomes a revelation. So they store it in their mind, get thrilled about it, but they don't stay long with it to pass from their mind to their spirit or their heart. And so the Bible says the minute they live, Satan comes and takes up the word of God from them. Maybe an argument or one phone call or something goes wrong and they forget what they heard. The second heart is a heart that is on hard ground. The Bible calls it stony ground. He said these are the ones that hear the word of God for a while and they rejoice. Wow, this is powerful. But the Bible says as soon as persecution arises for the sake of the word, they get angry. They get offended and they lose the word. Those are the people the enemy will use offense to steal the word of God from them. Somebody will either annoy them or somebody will do something or say something that they don't like or somebody angers them and they lose their cool. And in the process of losing their cool, they forget the word of God. The third condition of the heart is those that fell on thorny grounds. Those are where you have tones that, that choke the word. And, and the seed couldn't germinate because the, the seed kept being choked. The reason some of us, the word of God is not producing is that our heart is full of turns. 
And the Bible describes what these stones are. It says they are cares of this world. What are cares of this world? Some, what you need to understand about the cares of this world here, some of them are not, are not sinful. They are domesticated. They are things that are personal, private. But they are tones. Because anything that does not put the word of God first place is a turn. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? Your job can become a turn. Your job. Your family can become a turn. The way your habit can become a turn to the word of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? There, there are certain attitudes some of us may have adopted that can become a turn to the word of God. It keeps choking though. The word is trying to settle down, but your case is not letting the word of God settle. He said the cares of this world. Some of them are worries. You're worried about so many things. You're worried about paying this. You're worried about paying that. You're worried about doing this. You're worried about doing and, and because you're not casting your cares upon God, your cares are turns that will not let God's word settle. He keeps choking the word. He said the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches. The love of money. The deceitfulness of riches is another word for the love of money. You are obsessed with making money. To you, life is all about making money. Anything you do is for the money. Not for the purpose, but for the money. And as a result of that, Ponzi scheme 419 are thriving businesses today. Till tomorrow, they will still be duping people because many are a victim of the deceitfulness of riches. You will see somebody who put something on your Facebook Messenger or your WhatsApp, invest 5000 and get 10000 in one hour. You say, Wow. I say, then some will even tell you, if you I, I thought it was a scheme. The, that's the scheme out. It's telling you that. I say, I thought the scammer will tell you, I thought it was a scheme, but I tried it and it worked. And they will show you an edited balance statement. I said, I just put 50,000. Look, in 45 minutes, I got 100,000. And if you are the type that is a victim of the deceit of riches, I remembered what MMM taught to a lot of people in this church, we're in the former building. When we ask for people to give, they will not give. But I was told a member of this church went and put 1 million. And if you look at the person, you, you will never believe the person has 1 million. And the 1 million entered MMM and disappeared. Some of, you are, some of you are laughing. You did it, I know. Use it to pay rent. That's greed. It's covert, covetousness. And what, what, what you don't understand, those things will not let you obey God. They won't let you, they won't let, because until the word settles in your heart, it won't change you. I just meditated in this man, it hit me. It's so true. I made a comment. I said, some of you are more interested in deliverance than freedom. In freedom, there is always secured deliverance. Deliverance is just a change of condition, a change of environment, a change of situation. But freedom is where the power is. Freedom is when your mind changes. And until your mind has changed, you have not changed. They may dress you in a little clothing. You may start using designers. But if you have the same old mind, you have not, you've not changed. And unfortunately for many of us, when we come to church, we're only, in for, we're only interested in God giving us situational deliverance, situational changes. I want my circumstance to change. I want my level to change. I want this one to change. I want that to change. Forgetting that God is committed to changing your circumstance. But the priority is that your mind has to be renewed first. Because if your mind does not change, all those things that change, they will still go back to the same status. Because what produces the condition in your life is the state of your mind. And if the state of your mind does not change, it's even if they bless you with all the blessing, just a little while, everything will go back to the same way they used to be. Are you hearing what I'm saying? 
please hear me and hear me very well. What is going on around you today is the direct product of what is going on inside you. The Bible said that in Proverbs chapter 4. It said, guard your heart with all diligence. And how do you do that? Protect it. Focus on the word. Guard your heart. You can only guard your heart through receiving the word. Spending time meditating the word. The most powerful activity you can do on earth is spending time with God and the word of God. Do you understand that? The most powerful activity is not going to work. As important as your work is, not most, it's not the most important. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It's not the most important. Some of the people that God laid off were very hardworking. In fact, they made money for the company. But they were laid off. Why? Because the company couldn't take them anymore. They were not laid off because they were not hardworking. They were just laid off because they don't need them anymore. So if the word of God is not in your heart and the situation treats you unfairly, you will lose hope. But if your mind is changed, it doesn't matter how many times there is a twist around you, you're going to be settled here. Because you are secured on the inside of you. Why did you think Jesus was not moved with storm? Because he was secured and settled on the inside. Many of us are not spending time allowing God's word to renew our mind. We are, we are, we are looking for the spectacular. We are looking for some things that will just you know, make everything turn around me. It's, it's good. But please understand this. Let your hunger for change be prioritized. When you come to church, sit down. Hear the word. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Because if the word doesn't get inside of you, you're not changing. And if you're not changing, nothing will change around you. So we sat back in Luke chapter 19, where Jesus talked about uh, two characters, the unjust judge, which we said is a representation of all the resistances you and I would deal with in prayer. Is that not true? Yeah. And we also talked about the widow, which also is a representation of the believer, who is demanding his right from this unjust judge. And the Bible said he kept going, and the unjust judge didn't fear God, didn't regard man, and, and was ignoring him. You know, for a while. The Bible said for a while. But this woman refused to give up. And that's what Jesus wanted us to learn from her. Refusing to give up in the... She kept pushing in prayer. She was determined to enter a manifestation. So she kept contending. Whatever the unjust judge was throwing at her, she was not going to fall for it. She was not going to give up. She was not going to give in. Tell your neighbor, says, don't give up. See, the way you even said it is annoying. Can you tell your neighbor, don't give up? Don't say it like someone who believes what you're saying. I say, say, get up from your seat. Go to somebody else. You're talking like somebody who's sleeping. Go to somebody say, don't give up. Prophesy to someone this morning. Say, don't give up. 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 Stay at it. Stay on it. Stay with it. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. Tell anybody, say, don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Stay at it. Stay with it. Stay on it. Don't give up. Stop giving up. Stop giving up. Don't. I refuse to quit. I will stay there until I push through. Say amen. Say good amen. Say I will continue to push until I push through. Say I will continue to push until I push through. I am not giving up. I am not giving in. I will stand my ground until justice is secured. In the name of Jesus. Many times you will have to confess the word of God when it doesn't make sense. Sometimes when you're declaring what you believe, it looks as if nothing is happening. But it shouldn't bother you. You're not, let, you're not confessing it because you are looking for validation from the natural senses. 
You're confessing it because the word of God says that. Say amen. Yeah, that's why you do that. The just shall live by faith and not by sight. If the word of God said it, then that's what you should do. And you stay with the word. You don't, you don't, you don't shift ground. It doesn't matter what the enemy spins at you. You will laugh and say, devil, you're not shifting me. Hallelujah. I am not shifting my ground. I'm standing my ground. I believe the word of God and you will bow to that word. Say amen. Because the word of God has been tested, tried and proven. And the word of God came out victorious. That's what the Bible says. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not one jot of my word will do what? Will pass away. God's word stands forevermore. Amen. Amen. So, we began to look at verse 8, 7 and 8, where the Bible says that, see, Jesus says, see this unjust judge, shall not God, hallelujah, shall not God bear with his own elect that cried to him day and night. He said, he will, of course, he will answer them speedily. But yet when he comes, so he will find faith in the earth. And we said last Sunday that it's important we understand verse 7, verse 6, 7, and 8 very well. Because if we don't understand it and have the scripture understanding of what it means, we might run away with some impressions about God that are not right. We said the reason why God bears long with them. We have answered that, so I'm not going to go into that. It's not because God is trying to test them. We've dealt with that. Is that not true? God was not trying to test them. God already knows us. He knows the state of our development. He knows our level of resistance. So God wasn't trying to prove anything to them. No, no, no. He wasn't. He knows man. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that with every, every temptation, God will make what? A way to escape. A way to escape. And we said that the way to escape is in the word of God. The escape for every temptation is in the word. Say amen. amen. The way of escape for every temptation is where? The word of God. And we said that God does not use situation to teach us. No. There is no wisdom in any situation. Did you hear what I said? The wisdom is where? The word of God. You know, somebody say, you know, sometimes God, God will let some bad things happen to you so that you will learn your lesson. Mm -mm. Bible says God, we're going to ask, take that further. God does not tempt men with evil. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Everybody say, mm -mm -mm. no, God, 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 please hear me. Because I know some of you have said that and you've heard some people say it, but it's not scriptural. God does not use situations to teach us. The word of God is for that. But what situations will do is that it will expose your need of knowledge. Because when you are in a crisis, it shows you don't know some things. Is that not true? Talk to me, somebody. That's why you are in the crisis. It shows you don't know some. Maybe you've been assuming some things you thought you know. But the crisis shows up in your life and you just realize, I don't know. Because that's what the Bible says. Paul said in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 8. He said, let anyone who thinks he knows realize that he does not know as he ought to know. There is a pride that you must guard your heart against. I call it the pride of knowledge. Assuming you think you know. God can take John 3, 16 and reveal it to you for the rest of your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Hello? That's why learning the things of the spirit, it's, it's not really like natural learning where they give you a curriculum or a syllabus for you to run through certain subjects and topics and you, you've read them well enough, you read them very well and you now feel that, okay, I, I've been able to cover the syllabus, I can write any exams they bring. Uh -uh -uh, it's not like that. 
when it comes to learning the things of the spirit, there's a growth process involved. But one of the reasons many are not growing in their knowledge or learning of Christ is because they assume that they know. I know you've known some things, but the attitude of thinking you know because you know some things will stop you from learning and will stop you from growing. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yes, it's true you know some things, but let me ask you a question. Do you know everything there is to know about it? Do you? No. Even in the natural realm, people keep going for training. Why? Because they want them to acquire skills that improves on what they know. Because what it does with skill is that it shows you creative way of doing one thing in a different way. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So if you are proud and you think you know, a crisis will hit you very soon. And there's a reason why you think you know. That's what God is dealing with in your temptation. Hey, hey, hey. Somebody say, hey, hey, hey. Are you still with me? There's a reason why you think you know. There is a reason why you think you're proud. There's a reason why you think you have figured life. And some people think they figured God out. They think they've, they've reached the level of spirituality where they figured this Christianity thing out. You know, they, they just know all there is to know. And that's a dangerous place to be. No, so God doesn't use situations to teach us. No, that's against the principle. The teacher is the word. The word of God is what teaches us. Then somebody will not say, why do we go through temptation? That's a very good question. Turn your Bible to the book of James. The book of James chapter 1. Are you there? Why do we go through temptations? Why do we go through trials? Remember, I said... God does not teach you when you go through temptation and you are faced with a situation and circumstances and all kinds of tests. Please, I need you to pay attention to this. Situation only reveals your need for change. Your need to learn. That's why you're going through what you're going through. But, but and, 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 and I want to use the word temptation because temptation means a test or a trial. Or a challenge. So we're going to be using the word temptation. Everybody say temptation. I know I didn't hear you. I didn't hear everybody. Everybody say temptation. Look at your neighbor, say you will go through temptation. Look at the person. Say, say you will go through temptation. Say Jesus was tempted. You will be tempted also. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus, Jesus was not tempted because he sinned. You are going to go through temptation because of the devil. There's a devil here. And Adam's transgression has released, has licensed Satan. Listen to this. Adam's transgression in the beginning gave Satan the legal permission to be involved in the affairs of humanity. It gave Satan the legal permission to be involved in humanity. So if you do not take your stand... Or take your place, Satan will take your place. Why did the Bible say give no place to the devil? Because he's looking for a place. Who gave him the right for that? Adam. So whether you are you realize it or not, no matter how spiritual you are, how spiritually developed you are, you are going to go through temptation. Say temptation will come to everybody. But please hear me. When you go through temptation, it is important you have a scriptural understanding why you're going through the temptation. This will help you appreciate how to deal with certain um, resistances that you would deal with in the place of prayer. Are you listening to what I'm saying? 
All right. So temptation is going through test, is going through trial, is going through pressure, is going through affliction or faced with a challenging situation that is against your faith. But when you go through temptation, please listen to me. God is not trying to teach you something with the temptation. Temptation will only reveal your need for change. Did you hear what I said? Look at verse 2 of James chapter 1. What does it say? Count it what? Huh? Count it all joy. When you what? When you fall. That word fall means when you face or you go against diverse temptation. So you're going to be faced with different kind of temptation. Everybody say different kinds of temptation. And hear me, brothers and sisters, the resistances we face in the place of prayer, they come from these temptations. Are you hearing me? But, but he says we should rejoice. Now, temptation is not a sweet thing. It's not an enjoyable thing. But yet, God gives us the proper attitude to temptation. He said when you're faced with a temptation, what do you do? Count it all joy. What does it mean to count it all joy? It means to rejoice. Why do I have to rejoice? Go to verse 2, verse 3. What did he say? Why should we count it all joy? He says, knowing this, what should you know? That the trying of your faith. So, what did God call temptation? The trying of my faith. So, when I am tempted, my faith is being tried or being tested. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? So when you go through temptation, what are you going through? The trying of your faith. When you overcome, it means your faith stands victorious and that stand of faith will produce patience. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So temptation is called what? The trying of my faith. So when you are tempted, your faith has been tested. Your faith has been tried. It's not about, see, the mistake we make when we go through temptation, please listen to what I want to say. The mistake we make when we go through temptation, first of all, we think it's about us. Hello? Yeah, and, and that's what the devil does. We think it's about us. We think it's about me. The enemy doesn't want me to progress. Of course, he doesn't want you to progress, but it's really not, he's not wanting you to progress. It's not the main deal. He wants you to think that he doesn't want you to progress as the issue. No, but it's not the issue. It's not about your progress. He's not interested in your progress. There is something he wants. And if you can feel that he doesn't want you to progress, will help him get it, he will use it against you. Temptation, it's not about you. Also, temptation is not about the circumstance or the situation. Temptation also is not about the issues. The issues, the circumstances, yourself are just pawns in the game. How many of you play chess? You know what they play? You know, if you play chess, that's what they call pawns. You are just an instrument. The real deal in temptation is your faith. Somebody say, My faith. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. I did not hear you. I didn't hear all of you. The deal in every temptation is what? Your faith. Somebody say, my faith. my faith. Now, why is the devil interested in your faith? First John 5 verse 4 says, <clears throat> Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even what? 
your faith. So Satan knows that your faith in Christ is your guaranteed victory that overcomes the world. Your faith in Christ means that you are already a winner. Did you read what the Bible says? Go to 1 John 5, verse 4, everybody. I want to show you something so you don't quote it and miss it. You don't just have a mental grasp of that scripture. I want you to get a revelation of it. I want you to see it for what it is. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 4. Are you there? What does it say? It says, whatsoever is born of God, overcome the world. Wait, wait. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the word. Whatsoever is born of God overcomes the word. What, what does that statement tell you? It means you are born and over. You didn't get it. Can you remove your religious glasses and look at that scripture again? Whatsoever is born of God. What does it mean to be born of God? It means to be born again. The day you acknowledge Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you got born again. And when you got born again, the Bible says you were born and what? Uh, what were you born? Look at, the, look at your Bible. What, what were you born? So the day you got born again, what are you? I didn't answer. I didn't, I didn't hear everybody. What are you? Now, are you an overcomer because of what you do or are you an overcomer because of the way you were born? from that verse. So you are not an overcomer because of what you do. You are an overcomer because of the way you were born. So that means you were born to overcome because it's part of your nature. It's part of your character. Is that not true? So the question is, how do you see yourself? Many of you, when you look at yourself the way you're born again, your value or your recognition of yourself after you're born again is influenced by religion. You still see yourself as a victim even after you're born again. And the Bible says, no. The moment you're born again, you are born as an overcomer. Say amen. amen. Now say that three times. Say, I am an overcomer. Because I, I was born that way. Do you understand that? Say, I am an overcomer. Because I, I was born that way. I am an overcomer. Because I, I was born that way. I'm born to overcome. Say it, say it. Many of you are not used to saying things like this to yourself. You always say, I don't tire. My, my head, everything does scatter. You are speaking against your, your nature, your identity, and who you are. Say, I'm born to overcome. Because I was born that way. Hallelujah. So, in the eyes of God, you are never a failure. Even if you fail, God sees you as an overcomer because you were born that way. The only reason you are failing is because you don't see yourself the way God sees you. You see yourself through your failures, through your mistakes, through your shortcomings, and through your lack of development and ignorance. Because when you are ignorant, you will not see yourself the way God sees you. One of the disadvantages of ignorance is that your perception of yourself will be wrong. You are born to overcome. Say, I am an overcomer. Can you shout and say, I am an overcomer? Because I, I was born that way. Are you an overcomer? Why? Why are you an overcomer? Why are you an overcomer? I was born that way. That's why we don't struggle with the devil. We deal with him. See, God so has 
so much confidence in what Jesus has done that he put the dealings of the devil in the new covenant to the church, me and you. He gave us his authority to deal with Satan. Why? Because we're born overcomers. Now, he tells us how do we engage that overcoming nature that we possess. Look at the second statement. He said, and this is what? Are you paying attention? This is what? This is the victory. What, what does victory mean? What does victory mean? It means triumph. Is that not so? When you, when you, when you have victory, you triumph. You overcome. You win. Is that not so? You win. You succeed. You progress. That's what victory is. So he said, this is the victory or the progress. This is the victory that overcomes the world. What is the world? The world is a composite of the issues of the world, including the devil. Are you with me? Including the system of the world. Including all the issues, the elements, and everything that the world represents. And also men that are not saved. This is the victory that overcomes the world. What is it? Somebody say my faith. What is your faith? Your faith is your persuasion and your conviction in God's word. That you believe what God's word says in your heart and you will declare what his word says. That is your faith. Your faith is believing with the heart and speaking with the mouth. Say that with me. Say my faith, my faith. is believing with my heart and speaking with my mouth what God has said about me. Say my faith is believing with my heart and declaring with my mouth what God has said about me. So it doesn't matter what the situation says. It doesn't matter what the circumstance says. My faith becomes my steadfastness. Say amen. amen. Your word steadfastness means your, your stand, your, your unshaking ground. Hallelujah. So when you are tempted, what temptation tries to do is to change the narrative of your faith. It's to stop you from believing with the heart and speaking with your mouth. That's what temptation comes from. That's why when you go through temptation, the enemy points it at your faith because he understands if he can hit your faith, hi, 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 hi. if I can just hit your faith, I'll get you. Remember the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 6, he said, our faith is a shield. He said, take up the shield of faith. Where would you be able to quench all the fiery attacks or darts of the enemy? Your faith is your victory. Your faith is your defense. And your faith is also your stand. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So, can I ask you a question? When you are tempted or you're going through hell and high water, let me borrow some of those preachers' terms. You're going through a very terrible situation and things, everything is breaking loose like what Job went through and everything, bad news on the left, right, front and center. Things are turning upside down and, and, and everything you're, you're going seems to want to redefine who you are and, and give you a different picture about yourself and about your situation and about your second death. and Satan wants to use what you're going through to write a new script about you. Do you understand what I mean by that? Let me ask you a question. The fact that you're going through does it change what God has said about you? Answer me, somebody. Does temptation change what God has said about you? So what do you focus on when temptation comes? You stand on your faith. Because the Bible says heaven and earth will pass. Is temptation part of heaven and earth? Yes, it will pass. But the word of God will abide forever. So if I maintain my stand in spite of the temptation, the temptation will pass. Are you hearing me? 
And the Bible says, when you maintain your stand, while you're, when it says the trine of your faith, remember, he said, why do we rejoice or count it all joy when we go through temptation? He said, knowing faith, what does it do? Produces patience. What does it mean for your faith to be tried? It simply means your faith is being tested. Uh, will you still stand on what God has said? Or will you allow the temptation to wave you away? There are many Christians who, because of what they went through, hello, they went through, they're not believing God to have a child, or they're believing God for business, and things are not working. I, I, I was in this stand when God, when I came to put that court. I didn't have almost two years. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a job. I didn't have money. If I saw 20 naira, it was big money. If I saw 50 naira, it was big money. But because I didn't have a job for two years, did it change the scripture? Did it change what God has said about me? Did it change the fact that I should rejoice? No! I stood my ground and I said, hey, Satan, hear me and hear me very well. I will succeed in this town. I will make it because God told me that I will be here. And I know what he said in his word about me. I will stand my ground. Somebody say amen. When I had a health challenge and attack on my head last year, for three months, some of you remember, I couldn't come to preach. I couldn't even come down from upstairs, downstairs for almost two months. I couldn't. If I had to walk, they had to support me. But I kept saying what I believe. You didn't hear what I said. It didn't change what God said. I kept saying what I believe. There was a point I, I will walk. Tyre will tell you. I will be staggering. That's a bit of a with me. But I kept saying what I believe because I knew in my spirit I am an overcomer. It does not matter what Satan throws against me. His word is always truth. Temptation does not change what God has said. Temptation is an attack to see whether you are rooted in what God says. Are you rooted in your, your opinions? Are you rooted in other people's opinion? Are you rooted in the opinion of what's happening on the news? For the past few days, there have been four Q, which has not been around for a while. And a lot of people are already prophesying their next phase of hell. They've used their mouth to speak things, forgetting that the, you are a born overcomer. So you were born again with a powerful mouth. What did I say? I right, right, write that down. You were born again with a powerful mouth. Anything you say will happen. Whether it's good, it will be good. If it's bad, you will bad. Because heaven will respect your words. When you were born again, you were born with the nature of God. That's why you are an overcomer. And to be born again means to be born with a big mouth, with a powerful mouth. Your mouth is very powerful. Jesus said, by your words you will be condemned. By your word you will be justified. So your, no one ago said to me on the 27th of January during our fast, he said to me, he said, son, your future is in what you're saying. He said, keep saying what I've said so you can enter it because your future is in what you're saying. You've been born again with a powerful mouth. Say amen. amen. Now, now, the problem with many of you is that you're not using the mouth well. Because you don't know who you are. So when you go through temptation, why did God say you should rejoice when you go through temptation? Because temptation cannot change what God has said about you. It cannot change what God has done about you. It cannot change what God has committed to do for you. It cannot change what God will do in you. It cannot change what God will do through you. For you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. Temptation cannot change the testimony of scripture. So rejoice. Why? That means this thing you're going through is nothing. Stand your ground. He said because this test of faith 
will cause a virtue in your spirit known as patience to grow. You know what patience means? Patience, now, no, this is a mistake many of us think. We say to be patient means to suffer long. Uh-uh. To suffer long, self, it doesn't even mean long suffering. Patience simply means to endure. You know what endurance means? Hello? Endurance simply means to stake your stand and refuse to be moved no matter the provocation. That's one way you know believers who have developed. That is, it doesn't matter what happens around them, their commitment to God and his word remains unshakable. It doesn't matter. Let, it doesn't know how, matter how bad the situation is. They'll take their stand. God says when you stand like that, it will produce patience. It will give opportunity for patience to grow. And when that patience grows, you will now grow more in confidence with God. That's why knowing this, that the trying of your faith, why is your faith being tested? Because Satan wants to rewrite the script of your faith. And for some of us, I, I'm, I'm ashamed to say this. You lost your cool just because you went through one small financial temptation. Small. Everybody says small financial temptation. Very small. Very, very small one. Then all of a sudden, you start talking anyhow. You forgot that you're a born, you're an overcomer by birth. You start using your powerful mouth to talk anyhow. Or maybe you were, you're going through um, a small business crisis. You not even gave permission to devils that couldn't touch you before to come and touch you. Tell the neighbor, say, I'm not changing my faith. <laughs> oh, I am not. Come on, shout it. Say, I'm not changing my faith. I am an overcomer. Shout it. Tell the neighbor, say, it doesn't matter how I feel. I am an overcomer. I am born to overcome. I am born to win. I am born to triumph. I am born to make a difference. And I am making that difference through my faith. Somebody jump up and shout hallelujah. Say I have the victory. Say I am an overcomer. So when you get home, and you sit down one day and the devil wants to come and play some gospel in your ear. Say, look at what's going on in your life. Look at what's happening. Ask him, say, what is going on? What is going on? Tell me what is going on. Because me, I know what is going on. Number one, I am an overcomer. That's what's going on. And I have victory over the world through my faith. That is what is going on. Say amen. Yeah. I am, don't dance to the devil's tune. Don't dance to his drum beat. Are you listening when I'm saying? When, when people are saying things uh, and you are hearing news, uh, stay with the news that is always fresh. It's heaven's news. Stay with the word of God. Open your mind and say like Paul, thanks be unto God uh, who always causes us to triumph in Christ and make it manifest the server of his knowledge by us in where? In every place. Somebody say I'm an all-round victor. Because I was born that way. That's what it means. You don't change. You stand your ground. You stand. You stand. You stand. You stand. Tell them what say you stand. The Bible says, having done all, stand. You don't move. Knowing this, <laughs> the trying of your faith will produce patience. Glory be to God. So then you now ask a question. So what's the goal of temptation? To attack your faith. How does it try to attack your faith? By getting you to shift from the word of God to your lust. Everybody say to your lust. 
You know what the lust is? Let me tell you why temptation comes. Are you ready for this? Go to James chapter 1. Let me show you something. Glory to God. Are you learning something this morning? Hallelujah. James chapter 1. But, but first of all, back, 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 backtrack. Let, let me show you something. Bef before I go to why temptation comes, it's part of it. Let me lay a foundation that I think I will stop with that. Next 10 minutes. Temptation, according to scripture, is, the, is described as the trier of what? Your faith. So it's your faith. Your faith in God that has been tried. And your faith in God is your persuasion. That you believe God in your heart and you will declare what he has said. Is that not so? It's called the spirit of faith. We believe and therefore we what? We speak. We believe what his word has said and we speak it. Paul said in Hebrews 13, he said, For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say. That word says a present continuous tense. We don't say it once. We keep saying it. So we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man can do unto me. When you say God will help me, you have succumbed to temptation. Because God will not help you. God has already helped you. And faith is not saying God will help me. Faith is saying the Lord is my helper. Are you hearing me? Because faith always acknowledges as now what God has said. You know, remember what the Bible says in Hebrew 11.6. He said, for without faith is impossible to please God. For he that believeth, that cometh to him, must believe that he is. You know what is means? That means present tense. What God has said is now. Are you hearing me? Is he your helper? Yes. He is. You must believe that he is. So if the revelation of the word of God has not become an is in your life, you're not operating in faith. And temptation is getting you. Because the goal of temptation is to shift you from the ease of God to the unforeseeable future. I know one day God will help me. Can I ask you a question? Where is, what is one day? How long is one day? Is it one week? One month? When? God doesn't work that way. God's time is always now. He's not going to do it. He has already done it. So faith acknowledges what he has done and takes his stand with it and stands there. The devil will want to convince you that God has not done what he says he has done. Why many of us get troubled, it's because the manifestation of what has already been accomplished is where we struggle with and that's where our faith is an assistance to us. Our faith tells us to stake our stand until what has been done and settled 2,000 years ago becomes manifested in time for me. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Did you hear what I said? Are you still here? So that, that's what I, what I want to emphasize is why Satan wants to hit your faith. He knows if you don't, if your faith is attacked, you will lose your testimony. Because faith believes that God is. And he is what? Two is. Believe that God is. And he is a what? A rewarder of them that diligently seek him. The teacher will try to tell you that God has forgotten about you. 
Now, maybe God used to think about you, or God used to care about you. But, you know, some are, it's like heaven has behaved like Nepa. They've taken light on you. There's power failure. No. Hear this. Let, let me read from my note. This, this is very important. Thirst temptation, like I said, is not about the issues. It's not about your situation. It's about your fate response. Everybody say my fate response. How you choose to respond. And tell them, say, always respond in faith. Say that. Say that. Say that. Say, always respond in faith. When our faith stands its ground, it causes patience to grow in us. Did you hear what I said? And what does it mean to stand? It said, you keep declaring, I believed and I declare what he said. I am the healed and healthy, not because I feel it. I am healed and healthy because he said it. Say amen. amen. And if your stand of faith will not shift, your temptation will wear out and your condition will change. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? If your stand of faith will not shift, your temptation will wear out and your condition will shift because faith will create its own reality in your life. Am I making any sense? Please hear this. When we succumb to temptation, we give in to lust. The reason many believers give up is because they give in to lust. L-U-S-T. Please hear this. Thus, write this down. When God showed me this, it was, was powerful. Write this down. Thus, temptation is an opportunity to expose. Are you ready? And overcome our lust. What did I say? To expose and overcome our lust. Because the main antagonist to your faith is your lust. You know what your lust means? It means you have an alternative to the system of faith. That's what lust is. Did you hear what I said? You were designed to operate by the system of faith. But lust simply means you have an alternative to the system of faith. That was what Satan gave to Adam and Eve in the beginning. I mean, specifically to Eve. Even though Adam didn't, when I see him, ever probably I'll ask him. He came to Eve. What did faith say? No man, you can eat of, this is what God, because what God says is what faith says. Say amen. amen. Say that with me. Say what God says is what faith says. Now, God said, you shall eat of every fruit in the garden. Is that not so? But the fruit that is in the middle, do not touch it. For the day you eat of it, you will die. Is that not what faith said? God said it. And whatever God says is faith. That's the system. As long as they stay with what God says, the system runs fine. Then Satan came and introduced what the Bible called a lost. Everybody say lost. Everybody say lost. You know what lost is? An alternative system to the system of faith. He said, did God say you should not eat of everything? They said, no. He said, we can't. He said, but he said, of the one in the middle, we shouldn't touch it. He said, the day we do it, we will die. Now, this is what Satan said. He said, you will not die. Uh -uh. Wait, I will not die. Are you telling me God is lying? And that's what your situation comes. That's what happens to you when you go through temptation. You begin to question your system of faith. You begin to question the word of God. You begin to question scripture. Did God actually say that? Okay, if God said, why is this happening? So you mean I will not die? Then Satan added to it. He said, you will not die. For God knows. 
that the day you eat of this tree, you shall be like what? You shall be like gods. And you will know the difference between good and evil. So in other words, God didn't tell you the truth. Faith, write this down, is about maintaining your stand in the integrity of God's word. That's what faith is. To take a faith stand is to maintain my stand on the Do you believe your father is, excuse me, do you believe your father has integrity? Do you believe God's word has integrity? Integrity means what, what God says he is, he is. Hallelujah. What God says he is, he is. What God says he will do, he will do. What God says he has done, he has done. Am I making any sense? That's integrity. And that's the system. The system of faith works on the integrity of God's word. But your faith begins to shake when another system, you are now beginning to look at another system in your life. And that system will come through what is called a system of loss, an alternative to the system of faith. You, you, begin, to, you begin to receive postings, suggestions. Everybody says suggestions. Suggestions about another system outside the system of faith. And it says, and when he did that, Satan left. But the Bible says, Eve began to reflect over it. She began to think about it. And because the devil is a liar, what he told Eve was a lie. Telling me that, hey, brothers, no matter how sincere your intentions are, if you meditate on lie, you will become a victim. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? That's why, can I say this as a wisdom to everybody? You don't need everything. You don't need to know everything. You only need to know what you need. Did you hear what I said? What did I say? You only need to know what you need. Somebody said, I'm reading occultic books, so I'll know the way occultic work. You cannot overcome darkness by studying darkness. Because if you study darkness, you're already a victim of darkness. Did you hear what I said? You only overcome darkness by shining the light. Is that not true? Did you hear what I said? That's how you beat darkness. You don't beat darkness by using the psychology of darkness. By the time you are reading that psychology, you are already a victim. So when temptation comes, brothers and sisters, temptation, you will become a victim of temptation when you succumb to lust. I don't know. Every, write this down. Every lust is private. For some of you, your lust may, may be your pride. Your pride. Your stubbornness. You have this headiness. See, you know, I always tell you, once I have made up my mind that this is the way I will do it, nothing can change it. You will not say God, though, but you imply it. So a situation comes where your stand is against scripture or against the system of faith. And instead of you to shift and take a stand with the God, word of God, you stand your ground. That's your ground is your loss. And you will fail because that's what temptation will latch on. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you, your loss is your fear. You are always afraid. Afraid of bad dreams. Afraid of being attacked. Afraid of, you know, failure. Afraid, 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 you're afraid, afraid. Satan wants to hit you with a system of a system that's outside God's word. Be very careful. Somebody say be very careful. You know, every time this thing just keeps growing. Okay. Let me let me let me see this. Thus, temptation is an opportunity to expose and overcome our Remember, I told you when you go through temptation, the situation you face in a temptation is not what God uses to teach you. It exposes your need for change. Is that not so? Is that not so? 
That means what you're going through exposes that you don't know certain things and you have a need to learn. Are you paying attention to this thing? You need to learn. You need to know. So it's either you respond in humility and allow the Holy Ghost to identify that area where you need to change and so you can embrace change by conforming to the system of faith or you hold on to your stubbornness and your pride and you succumb and you will not grow and the devil will beat you. In which case, you will not accept the way of escape, which is the word way. So, temptation is an opportunity to expose and overcome our lust. Lust, write this down, is a corruption. I've already explained that. That was introduced into humanity through Adam's transgression. It's a corruption. Lust is a corruption. Corruption means something that pollutes Look at your neighbor. Say, lost is a correction. Tap your neighbor. Say, lost is a corruption. Let, let me put another word for lost. My way. Everybody say, my way. My way. Say it again. Say it again. Ask your neighbor. Your way is your way. You know, no, no, I just say it. Say, your way is your way. See, that's your way is what is called lost. It's a corruption. Why do you think God said in Isaiah 55, my ways are what? And not your ways. Where did our way come from? Lost. That's what Adam introduced. That, hey, Eve, there's another way. Before Satan came, there was only one way. And that way was the faith way. God's way. But he bring, brought another way. It's called our way. That's where selfishness was born from our way. We believe we are smart. We believe we know what we want. Hello? Are you with me? Look at the number and say, am I talking to you? You believe you are smart. You believe you know what you want. <laughs> we forget that without Jesus, you are now in darkness. You know what Jesus said in John 8, 12? He said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. The light of life is Jesus. If you don't have him, I don't care how sharp you are. I don't care how intelligent you are. You are lost. Are you hearing me? You are lost without Jesus. You are a victim of your way. And your way is your lost. Are you paying attention? Please listen to me. Our lost is our way. He said, my ways are not your ways. And my thoughts are not your thoughts. So, hear me. Lost comes as a thought. Everybody say thought. Say a thought. Lost comes as what? A thought. To a thought that wants to introduce us to our way instead of God's way. God's way is the system of faith. It's based on his word. Our thought is our own way, our own understanding, our own interpretation, our own way of seeing things, our own reasonings without light from heaven. This pandemic just revealed something, and I'm going to stop here. How dark men are. How, that is, the fact that you have money doesn't mean you are smart. You may be smart to make money the way of the system way, but it doesn't mean you have light. This was a crisis that was created and it, was, it has revealed the darkness in the hearts of men. 
that lost is alive in the hearts of men. Find that scripture, then I'm going to stop. Go to 2 Peter. Can you shoot that on the screen if you can? 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. I'm going to build on that during the second service. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 4. Are you there? Are you get, please make sure you listen to this message again. It will help you. Because some of you are going through some temptations right now. And if you notice, when Jesus faced his temptation, he stood his ground. He quoted what the word of God has said. He said, it is written. His stand was, he operated the system of faith. And the system of faith is based on what God has said. Is that not true? So when his faith was tested and tried, he didn't shift his ground. He said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word comes out. He kept quoting, it is written. Are you ready for this? Second Peter chapter 1. What did he say? Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these promises you might become what? Partaker. Tell the neighbor, say you were born to be a partaker of the divine nature. Not human nature. See, human nature has its way. Divine nature has its way. You were born to partake of divine way. Divine nature means divine way. Having escaped what? The corruption that is where? In the, what is it? Lost. So when you got born again, you were born again from the system of love, but you can go back to it in your mind. Rise up on your feet quickly. Time is up. Amen. Say amen. Can, can you arrange those things I told you to show? Alright, put them up. Lift up your, begin to pray, lift up your offering. Father, thank you. Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehc.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.